broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be here with you after a big Florida State win on Saturday on the road. And as we get set for Florida State, Florida, happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. I'm Jeff, Director Matthew in the producer's chair and the director's chair today. Filling in for Tom Lang. And by the way, you can find us on Twitter at Jay Cameron Show. You know, we talked last hour about coming out the gates swinging, establishing that you were focused and ready to play. Here is... Uh, Here's how things begin for Boston College. Punt, punt, field goal, give up the ball on down, safety punt. Woo, woo. Thanks for the 90 yards of offense in the first half there, BC. Game turns around in the second half, in large part due to horrific officiating. Uh, I mean horrific. And we documented it. I don't want to dwell on it this hour, but I, if you're just joining us again this hour, I talked about it. It was unreal. And I've seen some. We all have. Hey, man, we've been watching this team play in this league for a long time, so we've seen some moments. And Saturday's felt like a record-setting moment. A record-setting group of calls that you go, hmm. Now, I do, you know, we get a lot of questions about this. What are the repercussions? What are the consequences for that incompetence? Because it's one thing to see those calls some of them made up out of thin air. Uh, it's another to to think to yourself, well, is there no recourse? Is there nothing that the league can do? And the answer is there is something the league can do, and believe it or not, they have. They have in years past. It has happened. If you submit those plays, and Norvell clearly did, if you submit those plays to the league and you say, listen, I'm removing all emotion here. These are missed. These are bogus calls. These are not in congruence with the rule. They misread this. They, 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 they misapplied this. Uh, they, they just made this call up. It, it, and you show that, and you're able to document that, and they will. They, obviously, they will. Or they did already. Um, and they are able to go back through that and see that that level of incompetence is uh, on display. I mean, obviously, they go through all the games in the ACC. If they see that you miss on an inordinate percentage of the calls made, then, yeah, you, you get reassigned to lesser games. You may be asked not to come back. You may be told, have a good one. We don't need you next year. You're making a mockery of what we're doing. So you have to cross your fingers here. We'll see. They're not going to be very public about it. The only time you ever hear a league come out and be very, very public is when there is a gross miscarriage of justice that costs a team a game in a high-profile situation and maybe the national media gets involved because it's that egregious. Then you might hear you know, head of officials or uh, a league office representative come out and say that those guys were 
suspended or removed from uh, doing future games. You'll hear that occasionally. It's happened in basketball. I remember in particular the Alexander Johnson game up at Duke in Cameron when we faced um, – uh, Coach K there in that game that went to overtime, and the officials were 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 awful, and and they ended up getting suspended, and the league announced it. I would also say this, um, you know what? This is where you're hoping that the game this weekend against Florida is, in fact, and I believe it is, officiated by SEC refs. Good, good. SEC officials do a much better job because they allow people to play a little bit uh, tougher brand of football. People can play football. I'm going to continue to do this time and again every time we go back to. Um, you know, talking about what unnecessary roughness is, what a personal foul is, what intent is, what you should and shouldn't do with targeting, those kinds of things. We, we, I, I get it. I go back to when the initiative started. Here's the deal. Uh, CTE was omnipresent in the news. Uh, the NFL, the NFL lied to its players and former players about what they knew in regards to concussions. That's uh, why a lawsuit was filed. It's why they agreed to pony up lots of money. But we all now know, just as they do in NASCAR, just as they do in hockey, that this is a dangerous sport, that there brings with it the possibility of significant injury. It's why you wear a helmet. It's why you have pads on. But now it's all out in the open. Everybody knows that the sport, while infinitely rewarding and incredible to play, life lessons throughout, does present an element of danger. We don't need to spend our time as officials hunting for reasons to kick people out of games. Instead, we need to cite the only the most egregious and Obvious attempts to injure. Just because something looks bad doesn't mean it is. It's part of the rough and tumble game that is football. It's a game of angles and leverage and low man wins and everybody's fighting to get to the spot. And sometimes when you're going 100 miles per hour to a spot and I got to get lower than this guy in the case of Robinson, I got to get lower than this man who's quite a bit bigger than me, or I'm going to get trucked. So I'm going to dip my shoulders. I'm going to aim for a spot because I'm trying to beat him to that spot, and it's the best possibility to get him below the waist and tackle. And then he decides at the last second to give himself up, and I've already committed to tackle. Well, you're going to have a collision like that. You're going to have something that might look bad. That, by the way, didn't even look bad to me. But anyhow, you're going to have something like that happen, and we don't need to throw kids out of the game for that. That rule is ass. It violates the spirit. It is, I think, it, 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 it's, a, it's a misstep, a miscarriage, for lack of a better term, of football justice. It's not what you do. You don't throw kids out for that. Thank God that happened in the first half. Had that happened in the second half and he had to miss the first half of the Florida game, by the way, he's invaluable. You saw what happened when he had to go out and Gant comes in. Not what you do. They've got to go back and look at the rule. Sometimes the officials in these cases, their hands are tied. Now, not the, I'm not talking about the stupid stuff with the uh, punt catch interference and that nonsense call, the, the Jordan Wilson play where he uh, clearly didn't push off. The kid stumbled over his own two feet. They bumped into each other, but that official thought and assumed something he never saw, quite clearly never saw, and made that call. Uh, there were a lot of those kinds of moments. That's why you can still go back and really analyze just the, just the, the gross handling of a play-to-play, down-to-down, quarter-to-quarter effort from these officials. I got gotcha. you. 
but some of these calls where you see guys where they go back to the booth and they have to analyze this, well, the definition of what targeting is sometimes handcuffs them. I think they have to remove that too. I've said it before. I've said it for years. And in the beginning when we were talking about this and they were trying to clean up football, quote unquote, I said, look, I'm not the guy. I'm not the get off my lawn guy. I'm not the old man who doesn't understand progress. I'm not the guy who's so set in my ways that I can't see some adjustments to the rules. I'm not that guy. I get it. I'm not a Neanderthal. You can make football safer. You can have rules in place that regulate certain aspects of the game and make it clean it up say special teams they already did it see special teams right i got it but at some point you gotta let them play the game you can't affect the integrity of the game if you do that then we don't want to watch football we don't want to play football you're going to drive people away now that hasn't happened just yet but you see this in college football much more than you do pro football watch a pro football game there are tackles on every series of downs for a team that in the college game would be considered targeting. Oh, I mean, how many hits do you watch in pro football where you're like, oof, in college, that guy's gone? I mean, it, every time I watch a pro game, I go, because you're fresh off of watching on Saturdays. You're fresh off of watching on Saturdays, and you're so, you, what are you doing? You're tiptoeing. You're scared to death to hit anybody. You watch a pro game, bitches get hit. It's on. And refs are like, yep, it's football. Because it is. It's just football. That's why we're wearing the helmet. The Keir Thomas non-sack, where he's got him, where he whoops his man yet again and gets to the quarterback. And Djokovic is dead in the water. And he lets him go. He lets him go. That is the direct effect of over-officious jerks like that crew on Saturday. That's a kid who thinks, well, we probably, if I, if I bring him to the ground, they may throw a flag on me. Also, I think quarterbacks, James, you're on it. Quarterbacks, and we were the, we were the listen, we were the benefactor against Syracuse. That's how good an athlete Jordan Travis is. But what happened on that play against Syracuse is he's running towards the sideline. And... That that tackler rolls up on him and thinks, well, he's probably going out of bounds, and if I hit him, it's 15, and they're in field goal range. I'm going to leave him be because he's going to go out of bounds. But Travis is such a good athlete, he stopped on a dime and cut it up and stole an extra 20 to 30 yards. And that's because we've done what we have to affect the integrity of the game, and these kids can't play it for fear that they're going to get penalized. Any sideline thing, you see it all the time. But you see it in the middle of the field in a game like this. You see it in the middle of the field in a game like this where they've <laughs> they've decided, well, that seemed a little rough to me. I'm going to have to throw the flag. That's also part of the problem, man. Anything that looks violent initiates a flag. I mean, somebody gets blown up. By the way, sometimes in football, guys lack awareness or they don't see a guy or it's there's a suddenness to a player. And they trigger before you can get around. And you turn around, they've already triggered. You might get lit the hell up. And it may look ugly, but it doesn't have to be illegal. It doesn't have to be a penalty just because somebody got destroyed on a play. That's the nature of football. That's a toughie. We've all been blown up. See, see, this pisses me off. I ended up doing what I said I wasn't going to do. But Florida State 
handles its business 26-23, and now you got an opportunity to go down to Gainesville. And I, I just can't say it enough. Mondays are always a weird day because we do the look back and we, we talk about the games and then we do the look ahead and we ended up dwelling on, on, on one particular thing probably too much. But I remember sitting at 0-4, so do you. I remember thinking as we were talking about it on this show, on some of the headlines, on Wake Up War chant, well, what if they go 2-10? and 10? What if they go 3-9? and nine? What if they go 1-11? and 11? Remember, it was all on the table. It was Everything was out there at that point because you had reached rock bottom. Years ago, I would joke about this when we were in the lost decade, and I talked about being in the back alley and all these teams we had bullied in the ACC forever. They stumbled out of the bar themselves, and there was Florida State, drunk, laying up against the back trash can in the alley. And old Wake Forest, old Boston College, everybody except Duke. Duke never got their chance. Or at least they couldn't take advantage of it. Came by, did they lend a hand? No, they stepped on us. They stepped on our hands and our feet. Some of them even kicked us. And we thought, okay, at some point the revenge tour shall happen. The revenge tour will happen. And we built it, and we built it, and it came back, and the revenge tour did happen. 2013 did happen. And we remembered being kicked well down. I didn't think I'd see something akin to that within a season, within a singular season. Like, there we were after Jacksonville State, and everybody's walking into that alley. Oh, looky here, Florida State's had a little too much. Slap him in the face. There's nothing he can do about it. Slap him. You think I should? Yeah, just slap him. What's he going to do? Okay. And they slapped us. We had to wear it. Humiliating, spat upon. What are you going to do? Well, what they did was say, No, no, nay, nay. Had about enough of that. Sobered up. Got my rest. We're not going to just go quietly into that good night. No, sir. They fought and they fought and they fought, and here they are. They're a game away, guys, from sweeping the state, <laughs> from, from going 0 4 to 6 and 6, and going to a bowl and winning, most importantly, the recruiting battle. All within one singular season. That is so cool. Whew. It's, you know, the feeling you have, that's, a, that's, that's pride. It is. It is. This is where, um, yeah, I can be uh, completely unobjective and just be a knoll here. Right? That's pride. That's what that is. Those hugs that we shared at Doe Campbell Stadium, Bobby Bowden Field after the Miami game. That was pride. That was relief. That was joy. Think you'd be seeing joy around these parts after 0-4? Think you'd see a situation where the team you're about to play just fired their coach before the end of the season, and the one that's not fired just watched his AD get tossed in some big stupid town hall meeting in which they announced they're going to give $20 million more to the football program? Good luck, guys. Okay. No, that's that's where we're at. That's the hey, that too brings about joy. Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 jeff camera show 93.3 real talk radio warchant tv short segment here before we get to Uh, before we get to Irish Chappelle from Warchant.com, looking forward to talking to him always. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Cameron Show. Not everything is nefarious, Tommy. It's actually worse. They're just pitiful. They're just incompetent. That's uh, me describing the officials. There's, if they wanted to rig the game, they would have rigged the game. They would have guaranteed it. They would have called something towards the end even to make sure that that final drive I mean, if you're going to cheat, if you're going to get paid like you're alleging to steal a game, you better go all in and get that game. Better get the game now. You can't just let the other team win. No, it's called incompetence. It's just called gross incompetence. And that is, uh, I think, a more damning claim and something that really, I mean, the league, thats you would want the As a league, you don't want that to be the conversation. After a game, you don't want that to be the conversation. Look, good calls, bad calls happen all the time. You know most of the time on this show we don't really get into that uh, because it's boring and every fan base thinks their team is screwed. Every fan base thinks their team is uh, is is the victim of a uh, alleged plot, a conspiracy. Every fan base thinks their team, when they lose a game, especially if there were some calls that could have gone either way that went against that team, uh, then therefore the refs have it out against them. I don't believe that. I believe that these officials are incompetent. I also think sometimes there's something to uh, the idea of a team, especially a, a, a staff or a crew, an officiating crew, when they're in the home team's stadium, falling victim to uh, the emotions of a crowd or a staff or a player or the sights and sounds and the overwhelming sense that there's an injustice being done. You can feel it almost in the air, right? And then, therefore, they just they you've got to really fight hard. I think if you're trying to if you're trying to be a fair official and you're trying to be down the middle and you're attempting the best you can, I always think that, and I don't know this, and I would love to find this out, but you see in basketball, these fouls tend to have a way of evening themselves out. And you know and I know that when they go into the locker room and they see we've called nine fouls against this team and Team B has two, we may need to look a little closer about what we're doing here. It occurs to me, and I said this, this is the one last I'll say of this, When you watch a defensive line obliterate an offensive line, 
if you're an officiating crew, now listen, these guys, a lot of these guys, former players or coaches themselves, they have a passion for football. Most of them understand the game, obviously. They've dedicated their lives to being involved in the game, so much so that they want to officiate the game. They want to be a part of it. They want to be around it. They want to do this, right? Who wants to subject themselves to the kind of ridicule that officials go through unless they love the game, right? So, okay, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They love the game. They played the game. They watch the game. They coach the game. All right, fine. Now they're officiating the game. So given that backdrop of knowledge, if you're watching a football game and you see a physical mismatch, that could be an individual player like Jermaine Johnson whooping an offensive tackle's ass repeatedly. It could be the entirety of a group like the front four for Florida State did against Boston College in the first half of that game. It was a clinic of get you some, you're not good enough, I'm going to dominate you physically, play to play, I'm going to live in your backfield, I'm going to pound your quarterback, and that's, that's the kind of party we're going to have here. That's, that's the kind of fun and games we're going to have here on a Saturday. Now, you're an official, you watch that, you see that, you see the overwhelming dominance of a group. What you ought not do is run to make it even. What you ought not do is side with the underdog, right? What you ought not do is try to benefit the guy that's got the mismatch, right? David and Goliath, don't do that. Don't go run into David. Understand Goliath's having his day. Sometimes that's the way it works. That's when you, as an official, have to say, man, they got to recruit better around here because they're taking an ass kicking today. This is going to get ugly. They're going to get that kid killed. You know what I need to watch for? You know what I need to watch for now knowing that Goliath lives over there and resides with this team? I need to watch for all of the holds that I'm going to see in the second half because Djurkovic is going to die if they don't start holding. And what did BC do? Start holding. And what did they not call? Holding. Not once. That. No, no. you got to look yourself in the mirror, man. You know. You know the game. You saw the domination. What are they going to do? Oh, they'll double some guys. They'll chip. They'll do some of that. And they did do some of that. They adjusted some. They may run a lot more screens and counters and draws and those kinds of things to try to offset that pass rush. They may do that. And so you'll watch for that. Obviously, that's just you know good coaching. That's obviously adjustments being made because you have physically inferior groups on the field that, that you have to disguise, that you have to help out. But as an official, I've got to know going into that second half that this group is taking a beating. They're down big on the scoreboard. Their quarterback is getting manhandled. I'm pretty sure this group's going to start holding because that's what desperate teams do in desperate situations in which they're getting decimated physically. And yet not one flag, that's the more egregious problem. Not just all the misses and the misinterpretations, but rather the inability to think logically, to, to fall back on the knowledge that you have regarding the game. You had to know coming out of the, uh, out of the locker room that that is something to look for. They didn't do it. Irashafel, Warchant.com, going to join us next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. In the show, always fun on a Monday, especially after wins. Uh, football team and basketball team with wins, and basketball team plays again tonight. But always fun to bring in our good buddy and my cohort, Warchant.com. And uh, if you go to Warchant.com right now, you get a chance to catch up on what um, Mike Norvell had to say, and uh, also. 
Ira's 321 column is up, and that's uh, always a good read as well. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm good, Jeff. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. I am in a great mood. I am excited about where this program is headed. I'm excited about this game this weekend. I'm excited about what this team overcame in uh, in Chestnut Hill. What was the crowd like, Ira? You were there. You covered it. You flew up there. Uh, you know, I would probably describe it as a little uh, sleepy. A little Maybe sleepy. A little sleepy. <laughs> a little late arriving. The nice, the nice thing about the uh, the BC campus is, it, you know, so combined. So mm-hmm. when you get there, you kind of feel like, man, this is there's a lot of people out here tailgating today for this game between 500 football teams. And then you go in the stadium, and around kickoff, man, there might have been 10,000 people in there. As it went on, they started showing up. And uh, you know, by halftime, there was about 30,000. So, uh, you know, but, but kind of sleepy. Let me ask you, because obviously our fan base, Florida State's fan base, has uh, vocalized and uh, written and uh, really did everything possible to communicate their uh, anger towards what they – saw on Saturday with the officiating. And you and I talked about it on the Sunday Smash with a special noon edition, and that was a lot of fun to do. Um, but I wonder, you, you're there in the press box. Did did you hear any comments from uh, people who would be considered more objective than myself or our fan base who noted that it was an incredibly one-sided set of circumstances there? Not so much because, you know, I was right next to a bunch of uh, FSU reporters who, you know, right. probably the same perspective we have. And then on my other side was a bunch of NFL scouts who honestly – I just don't think they care that much about that. They're there for specific reasons to watch specific guys. Right. Uh, not really the flow of the game. Um, but I thought Mike Norvell's comments today were interesting, and, and uh, I actually just wrote a story about it. Uh, just the fact that, you know, over the last two years, FSU's been called for 10 penalties or more in six games, and that specific crew was on the call for four of those games. Um, so I went back and just kind of looked at those four games and then the other games when it's been different crews just to kind of see how the games were officiated. And Norvell was you know, very careful. He didn't. He didn't say they have an agenda. He didn't even imply it. He was just saying that sometimes some crews are a bit more active. That was his quote, and uh, and that you know you need to take that into account when you're when when you play and maybe uh, be more careful in certain situations. So, um, you know, it's definitely an interesting topic for a Monday uh, as we head into Florida week. I'm going to get to Florida in a second, um, but I'll read that quote in your story. Once again, you guys can read the entire story, warchant.com. Quote, in two years, we've had six games where we've had over ten penalties. This according to Norvell. We've had the same crew four times that has been a part of that. Some crews are a little bit more active in games. That's our information that we need to know. We've got to make sure that we're doing things as good as possible to not let that be a deciding factor. Trust me, we made mistakes in the game. We have to be more disciplined. At the end of the day, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for everybody in times. We definitely sent some calls in. Um, Can you, Ira, over the years we've seen this happen. Jimbo had uh, his run-ins with uh, a certain crew or a certain official. Every coach, I think, in America, in any conference, would tell you that there are some crews they like more than others, some individual refs that they agree with uh, a lot less than others, whatever it might be. Can you, If it gets to a point where you have the kind of evidence that's being uh, drawn out here, empirical data regarding uh, the most penalized efforts in a given two-year run, can you request to the league that you just don't want to work with those individuals? Yeah, I mean, Jimbo definitely did that. And there was a crew, uh, one of the crews that yep. Jimbo had uh, exception with, as you're, you're talking about, um, basically he let them know. And it helps when you've won a national championship <laughs> to, to say, you know what? 
I'm not getting that crew again. Or or maybe we'll get them one every two years, but I'm not going to get them multiple times, and certainly not in big games. So, yeah, part of it is, um, you know, you do have, I wouldn't say it's even an official discretion, but you can kind of make those kinds of requests. Now, you can't have agendas against every official in the league and, and just keep uh, Xing them all off. Correct. Um, but, it, but if there is one situation that seems to be a problem, uh, yeah, I think you, you can make that kind of request and then uh, see if they abide by it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, this is a case with, again, this referee, you know, he's been around a long time. I, I was reading a story where a few years ago, Louisville, uh, their fans kind of complained to the ACC, and I guess the school complained to the ACC because they felt like there was some allegiance. He, he's from South Carolina. They felt like there was some allegiance to Clemson. Who knows, man? I'm not going to get into all the conspiracy theories, but but when you do look at the numbers, and again, you know, you break out the the, the two games this year with that crew, the Jacksonville State game and this Boston College game, where you had you averaged basically 12 penalties for over 100 yards a game, and in your other nine games, you averaged about I think it was like around six penalties and 50 yards a game. And that's a pretty big difference in a pretty big sample size of nine games. So. So that's, um, you know, and, and so many of those penalties, again, were, were judgment calls, pass interference calls. Um, you know, things that it's not necessarily black and white, false start or not false start. Uh, and then the other point I would make is that, you know, again, from a frustrating standpoint from FSU's perspective is, you know, BC was only called for two penalties for 10 yards in the final three quarters of that game. It seems, it seems uh, surprisingly efficient for a team that was trailing 26-3 to at one point. So... Uh, the opponent on Saturday is the University of Florida, obviously, as we well know, and it's it's hard to make of what we'll see down there in Gainesville this week. I, I want your personal opinion on that. Obviously, they fired Dan Mullen. I uh, documented for everybody to start the show uh, after we went through uh, the glory of Florida State's victory on the road. Um, you know, how quickly things can change, both good and bad. And you see it encapsulated this very football season between these two bitter rivals. On the one hand, Florida State was 0-4, uh, people pointing fingers at Mike Norvell and his staff, saying this isn't the group to get it done, what's going to happen, Florida State remains down, this is embarrassing, now all of a sudden, right now, certainly you feel like that momentum has shifted, perhaps it's true, Florida State is the most stable program in the state right now, with Miami on the cusp of maybe firing uh, their head coach, already having fired their athletic director, and now Dan Mullen. Uh, is is told to have a good day in Gainesville, and this is on the heels of a guy that, well, he had the winningest first 35 games of any coach in school history. So how quickly that turned around. Does Florida show up on Saturday? Do you think they'll play hard? That's a great question. You know, I'm, I'm the, my first inclination is to say it's not going to uh, work in their favor. Um, I think in most cases it, it doesn't necessarily, but there's some extenuating circumstances here, of course. you got a rivalry game. Uh, so that's a big part of, of what's going to get them excited. The, and they know FSU desperately wants to get to a bowl game. So you could kind of uh, keep, you know, not only with, I don't even know if they want to get to a bowl game, but they might want to stop FSU from getting to a bowl game. Uh, but the other wild card is I don't really know the relationship between these players and their interim coach. Because, you know, if you think back to when Odell took over both times, the players did rally around Odell. They rallied around him, and, and, and they wanted to play well for him. Florida State really played uh, some of their most cohesive games over a four- or five-year stretch in those games when Odell was head coach, which is why FSU had to consider hiring him at one point um, for the job because of that response. I don't know that they're going to have a similar type situation. I mean, Odell, the guy's a a legend, is a player, and and has been a coach here for 25, 30 years. He bleeds FSU. So I don't know that their their circumstances are going to 
reach that same level of passion. But I also think, you know, it, you know, they're obviously under the microscope. Mullen was not beloved in that locker room, so maybe they do rally around each other. I think they'll play hard early. The question is, you know, if it's if it's in the third or fourth quarter. Do they want it as much as Florida State wants? Yeah, I think you chin check them early, man. And you got out there, you hit, you say you're here to play all day, and that uh, this this means the world to you. And if you can't match the intensity and effort, then you're going to get blown out. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they say, okay, yeah, we're here too. And then we get ourselves a, a classic in this uh, as much as it can be between two, five, and six teams. But, I mean, I do say this, and Ira, I mean, we've covered this team a long time. I've been coming to Florida State games forever. And, you know, obviously my love of Florida State is is – you know, well documented. I will feel better about this season and the result of it at six and six if they cash in the chips and sweep their rivals in the state, gain the momentum necessary as we've seen over the last several weeks in recruiting, and go to a bowl than I would about certain seasons in which they won eleven games. It's just crazy the circumstances that have played out this year finds this team, I think, eminently lovable. Yeah, it really is amazing, and I think you know when you look at it, especially when it was zero and four. You're thinking this, is, this season is a complete disaster. All of their hard games are in the second half of the season. Uh, they're not going. They're not only not going to have a winning record. They're not going to. Uh, you know, they may be an embarrassment two and two and ten or three and thirteen. So your standards were lowered so low at that moment to come around and turn around the way they have won five of the last seven uh, and, and have a chance to go, win six of their last eight, beat a rival, go to a bowl game. Uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know how you couldn't. I still. I, mean, I still read our message boards. I still read Twitter. I still hear people. I was on a uh, the airplane last night, landing in Tallahassee, and I heard a couple of FSU fans talking. And one of them said how he wishes he, you know, FSU had Dan Mullen uh, over Mike Norvell. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't know. I don't know what has to happen for people to realize this this thing is going in the right direction. Maybe a win over Florida would do it. Well, if that's what it's going to take, then they're not paying attention. <laughs> I mean, that's right. for sure. I mean, come on, that's crazy. Uh, well, I think most people with eyes who are watching the games each week, every one of them, and in thoroughly understand that Florida State is on the verge of something good. I, I, I would say that and will say that regardless of what happens this upcoming Saturday. I think it's, it's that self-evident. We'll see. Brother, always appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jeff. We'll see you, man. Yeah, take care. That's uh, Irashfell, Warchant.com, Managing Editor. Yeah, man, that, that's, uh, come on now. We know the deal there. Now, I don't know how they'll react. It would seem on the surface to be a game that Florida State um, not only could win, but if, if Florida – so when you think about a program, when it, when it happened here, when you have a program that's in a state of disarray, in flux, right, in the in, – they're in the process. I mean, they're athletic. Think about it. Their offensive coordinator has been fired. Their defensive coordinator has been fired. Or their offensive line coach and their defensive coordinator have been fired. Now their head coach, the primary play caller, has been fired. So other guys are assuming different roles. Players aren't blind. They just watch all of this happen. They just lost to Missouri. Uh, that's you know, not a good look. Uh, they... They may hate Florida State. They may see the gun and the gold. They may see the team take the field and, and their ire is raised and their pride kicks in and they decide, well, I can't just lie down. I'm part of this legacy. I'm part of this rivalry. I'm, uh, this is a chapter in said rivalry. I don't want to be on the wrong side uh, of a game where we give very little effort and they punch their ticket to a bowl game at our expense. 
Maybe, maybe. Or, or, this isn't what I signed up for. What a mess. So this guy checked out on us? This university fired these guys? I don't know how much I want to be here. Maybe I need to be somewhere else. Maybe, yeah, do I really want to play to go to a bowl so I can spend more time with these a-holes? We'll see. I, I, it's hard to judge. I mean, I, you know what happens, too, with us, all of us? Because most of the people who uh, are passionate about sports certainly grow up playing sports. And, like, the most unforgivable thing in the world is to quit. I mean, everybody knows you can't just quit. I mean, we've all played on bad teams. Sometimes you're just not good enough. But you never quit. You might lose because you're not big enough, strong enough, fast enough. Maybe the other guy is that much better. Maybe. And it happens. But you don't ever quit, right? So when we think about teams and players, we think, well, they're going to show up. They're certainly going to show up. But you know what? The results and the data and the examples around the country at certain times late in the season suggest otherwise. Teams quit all the time. Players quit all the time. It seems unimaginable to you and me as individuals, but when we watch it, I mean, how many times have you seen it? We've watched teams quit countless times. I mean, you'll, you'll see a rivalry game, and you're like, oh, my goodness gracious, how'd that happen? They're down 56 to nothing in the third quarter. Well, they quit. That's how it happened. So I think everybody is going to watch Florida for quit watch. It'd be nice. It'd be okay, guys. We understand your plight. It's a desperate plight. Sad situation. Your university has failed you. Your athletic director failed you. Your head coach failed you. Your offensive line coach failed you. Your defensive coordinator certainly failed you. It's okay if you just lay down. End it now, guys. Go to Christmas break. You don't need this game, Florida. You know, what is this game? Who are you fighting for? Who are you fighting for? Call it a day. Let your brothers in the state who do care, who have worked hard, who are bought in, who've continued to fight and show resiliency, let them go on to the bowl game. Hey, in fact, the quicker you lay down, the easier it is for them to go. They'll probably be more healthy. I don't see a reason for you to compete this weekend, Florida. Come back, wrap it up. Bob Terry with Jeff Cabbage at 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Looking for a great deal on fast, reliable home internet? Switch to Xfinity for a great low price of $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year contract. Or... Did you know you may be eligible to qualify to get free internet for a limited time through the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program? That's right. You could qualify for free internet and get equipment included at no extra cost while this temporary program lasts. That's incredible savings on fast, reliable internet. Visit Xfinity.com free to learn more. Ready for even more value? Add Xfinity Mobile and you could save up to $400 a year on your wireless bill. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Ends 12-31-21. Restrictions apply. New Connect Internet customers only. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra and subject to change. After term, regular rates apply. Compares optimized pricing of top carriers. Xfinity Internet required. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Final segment, wrapping it up here momentarily. Do want to remind you about our great supporters and partners at T Spark Construction. Good stuff, man. 
some roofing companies say they're the best in town with the best price around and safety is their top priority, but they don't always have your best interest at heart at T-Spark Enterprises. Roofing and construction, they believe in doing things the right way in a safe way. Employees undergo routine safety training and are constantly being educated on new techniques and new materials like becoming master metal applicators. The name of my next band. You considered a new metal roof before, long-lasting and durable. You're in luck because T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction are the best in town, period. Call them today at 766-1340 or get a free quote today at tsparkconstruction.com. I know in a moment we'll need to point to another one of our great supporters and give you a game. Uh, we got Monday Night Football with the Buckaroos tonight, buddy. That's a... It's a good thing, although with the way the current setup is in the NFL with what's what and who's who and what we don't know and what we do know, I, I, I get nervous before every game. I do feel good about tonight, but I'll say this. Um, I've been very careful this year for lots of reasons not to overreact to any one result in the league. You, you, try, to, you try to amass several indicators, several data points that tell you something, not a hiccup or a stretch of two. But, you know, for example, are you seeing enough evidence right now to believe that the Indianapolis Colts are actually a good team? I am. They will run the ball on your ass. That's what they will do. And they are an extremely physical team who just embarrassed the Buffalo Bills in their place. Right now, basically, if Buffalo plays anybody who's any good or not, they lose. Um, that's a weird turn of events in Buffalo. But it's true, too, of looking around the league and any given Sunday and going, what just happened there? Uh, Kansas City's defense, which was the laughing stock of football to start the year, is now four games in a row good. Four games in a row really good on defense as they dispatch of Dallas. The I mean, we, we go through this a lot every weekend. You see a result where you go, what? What was that? How did that happen? I mean, how did the Houston Texas just roll into Tennessee and beat the Titans? They did. And it wasn't a fluke. Look at the yards per play. Look at the total yardage. Look at the dominance shown by Houston in that game against the Tennessee Titans. Houston a better team than Tennessee? No, not close. But they were that day. It wasn't by accident that they won that game. Now, Tennessee turned it over, but some of those were forced, and Tannehill looked terrible against that defense. I don't know what we see tonight. I'm I'm riding a high right now in the NFL because of the six-point teaser-pleasers. They have done me right. We cashed on several of those over the weekend. I had another one, which I should note. I'll actually attribute this one to our friends at North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Go ahead. You can put a you can play the little thingy there so that they get their they get their plug. Hey, Big Daddy, having some red rushes tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy, an empty net. He scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. Uh, the, the game that I had, and maybe I'll need to look forward here to tonight's game, but the game that I had that seemed like a no-brainer, and if you've listened to me over the last two years, you know it, Cam Newton can't play, everybody. That Washington pick straight up on the money line was easy money. Cam Newton can't play. Why were people celebrating that pickup off the streets? 
Nobody celebrates Cam more than Cam, only to watch him go out there and lose to Washington. That was part of a six-point teaser pleaser, but I followed it up. Took Detroit plus 13 against Cleveland because Cleveland's not good, and there it was. Thing of beauty. That's it. That's all, right? We're rounded out. We're saying goodbye. Good work, Matthew. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks to all of you guys. Be well. We will talk to you tomorrow on Seminole Headlines. Peace.